This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Matthew's Gospel, the 7th chapter. As very soon we will come to the end of what has been called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was probably standing with his back to the Sea of Galilee, looking up the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And as we learned at the beginning of this sermon, he is speaking to his disciples. He's reminding them, teaching them, instructing them about how a citizen of heaven's kingdom lives. The longer we're on this earth, if you know Christ as your Savior the less attached to this place you ought to be. And I hear those comments regularly from you. Pastor, can't, can't wait to go home. If you are hoping everything will get better because you are too attached here, and you're a child of God, you need to spend some time on your knees with the Lord so that He can help your perspective. While we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And so in the last message from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we read the words of the king to kingdom citizens guaranteeing that he will enable them to do what he has taught if they will pray. Now, you're listening. You always listen well. You hear. All right. You're, you're, you gain the knowledge. This is what the Lord wants me to do. But how to do will only happen if you pray. So look again at chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. We dare not just draw that verse out of its context Whatever our needs are, yes, when we pray, seek, knock, the Lord will answer if it's in His will. But we need to get past even the material things. God wants us to ask for those too. But to the spiritual things, the things that the Lord is teaching us in the sermon that need to be applied to our lives that only He can help us do. So remember that this is actually a single command about prayer. It's got three parts. Ask simply means asking in prayer. Be specific. Seek means we ask with sincere purpose. And, and by the way, just step back and say, all right, the petitions I take to the Lord, how many of those are physical and how many of those are spiritual? Where I'm really asking the Lord to help me be like Jesus, I am taking my spiritual concerns to Him. And specifically, what's in the Sermon on the Mount? Lord, if I am a citizen of your kingdom, which I am through faith in Christ, all right, here are the things that you expect of me. Now, Lord, specifically, sincerely, help me to do this. Focusing on what Jesus taught. And then knock means to pursue it. 
keep at it with all your heart in prayer until God's will is fulfilled. I don't know what your prayer list looks like. In fact, every Christian ought to have prayer lists. And on purpose, Good News prints every week a very thorough list of, of needs. Uh, everything from during the summer rem remembering our first responders to our military members uh, to those that have physical needs, and then the updates on the back. So, so it's, it's pretty comprehensive as far as what's happening within our church family that needs prayer. But you, you ought to have a separate list that has spelled out, Lord, these are the areas where I struggle spiritually and where I'm defeated. And, and you need to be praying about that. And family members that you're burdened about who are defeated or struggling. We need to pray about those things, right? Then the Lord reinforces what he said in verse 8. For everyone, any disciple that asketh shall receive. That's the idea. He that seeketh shall find. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And, and the, the Greek tenses there are are that these should be continuous actions. All right. So if any disciple is still doubtful about Jesus' guarantee here, you'll remember that he compared his heavenly father with earthly fathers. So read on and look at verse 9. If, or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, ask for bread, he will give him a stone? Verse 10, or if he ask for a fish, will give him a serpent. And that, that probably seemed a little ridiculous as Jesus was teaching. Well, what dad would do that? All right, and then he goes on to say, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, the things that they need, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things? Again, the condition is stated, To them that ask him. So the father stands ready to meet every need. Earthly fathers can't necessarily do that. Don't even always know what the need of the child is. But your heavenly father does, and he's powerful to meet every one of those needs. Now the Lord will insert verse 12. And we're going to take one message to just look at this verse. To help give a fresh heavenly perspective on how we should respond to others who have need when they ask us. You'll recognize verse 12 and what has been called the golden rule. And by the way, uh, it's okay. We're going we're gonna to just adjust that uh, tur or that reference to this in a little bit. But just from the standpoint of being a student of God's word, you ought to be able to identify where that's at. Okay, so Matthew 7 and verse 12. And by the way, I'm going to give you the Old Testament parallel. You ought to have that in your mind as well. So what does verse 12 say? Therefore, all things or in all things whatsoever ye would that men, that you would desire, wish that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. So the way you'd want them to meet your needs, you work to satisfy their needs. Or let's express it this way. Just as the Father in heaven gives good things to them that ask Him, so also His children in all things 
are expected to give to the needs of others just as they would want others to give to their needs. So here's where we're going this morning. We need to understand from Jesus' teaching that the golden rule is really God's golden rule. It's not what Confucius say. Right? It's not just, you know, that was, that was something that my grandparents would say. No, no, no. This is God's golden rule for responding to others. So when someone with a need asks help from you, how much more as a citizen of heaven should you give good things of whatsoever they need? That's what the king is calling on his servants to do. And oh, by the way, he's going to give you what you need and he's going to give you more so that you can go beyond to meet their needs. And oh, by the way, if you say, well, I need this for me, go ahead and give it to them. He'll take care of you. So let's consider this morning God's golden rule. When someone with a need asks help from you, how do you respond? Really, how do you respond? Now, there are all kinds of ways to do it. You can be walking along, oh, didn't see that need. You can pretend. In fact, we were not going to take time this morning, but you could go to the account of the Good Samaritan. Remember that? Remember all those religious people that are passing a dying man who's just been beaten up and robbed in the road? There's a lot to learn there. And that account answers this question, who is my neighbor? The application is anybody who has a need and you can meet that need. That's your neighbor. So the best way you represent the kingdom is by giving to others in spirit and in substance, just as your Father gives to you. Some of you are thinking, well, what about those who ask for help when they could meet the need themselves? There's a lot of that going on. Which is why, by the way, states are denying federal funds and saying, go back to work. And God agrees with that. If you won't work, God says you shouldn't eat. Okay? But, but we say, what about those folks? What about those who are lacking because of sinful, wasteful, or even abusive living? What about those people? Have you ever had somebody walk up and ask for help, and you can either spell, smell tobacco or alcohol on their breath? And if you're thinking at all, you're, you're okay, you can afford that, but now you need help from me? What about those individuals? Well, that's included in this as well. Your answer in the text is found at the end of verse 12. This balances everything. Here it is. For this is the law and the prophets. Whenever you face those difficult situations, whenever you see a need or a perceived need or somebody saying they have a need, so how should I respond? You go to the law and the prophets. There's the balance. That's where the generosity is going to come in. 
You're not giving to them, you're giving past them to the, to the Lord. That's why we even a cup of cold water, we give it in Jesus' name. But the law and the prophets. In other words, this is the summary of what the law and the prophets taught. As Jesus' listeners heard him preach on that hillside, what teaching from the law and the prophets would have guided their thinking about giving to others? He references that, understand that their minds immediately go there. All right, so what, do, what does the law, what do the prophets teach us? Well, the direct Old Testament parallel to what Jesus is teaching, and this is what the other reference you ought to know, along with Matthew 7 and verse 12, is Leviticus 19.18. Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. Honey, it's the neighbor again. Not any, you don't begrudge. Okay. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. So what Jesus taught was guided by mercy and love and justice, according to the scripture. Now here are the most obvious Old Testament teachings about giving guided by loving others as ourselves. All right, number one, give to others what is just and fair. Now, I'm going to add the application from the text. Again, give to others what is just and fair. You want that treatment too, right? Well, that, that can be pretty one-sided. Well, I don't know if I... Yeah, but if, if the roles were reversed, you'd want help. Okay, so Deuteronomy 24, 15. At his day, thou shalt give him his hire, okay, somebody who's worked for you, neither shall the sun go down upon it, for he is poor and sets his heart upon it, lest he cry un against thee unto the Lord, and it be sin unto thee. So if you're tuned out, tune in, because how you respond to this truth this morning could end up being sin, your sin against the Father. How about Proverbs 3.27? Withhold not good from them to whom it is due. So, give to others what is just and fair. Getting around to it doesn't cut it. No, if you owe someone for a service that they've rendered to you, you take care of that right away. Well, he's a Christian. He'll understand. Stop it. No. If he's a brother, especially, accelerate your response. Do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. So give to others what is just and fair. Second, meet the needs of others when you learn of their need. You want that treatment too. Ever been broken down along the side of the road? And maybe you've even walked a quarter mile from your vehicle that's broken down. And it's raining. Boy, it'd sure be nice if somebody would stop and help me. Okay. Well, how many of you, don't raise your hand, have passed a car broken down along the road and a quarter mile up the road there's somebody walking and oh, maybe they've even got a gas can in their hand. Hint, 
Stop in hell. Stop in hell. The end of Proverbs 3.27, when it is the power of thine hand to do it. When you're able to meet that need, stop and meet the need. Or figure out a way to make that happen. Exodus 23, 4 and 5. If thou meet thine enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. If thou see the donkey of him that hates thee lying under his burden and would forbear to help him, or you would be tempted to withhold help, thou shalt surely help him. That's what the Lord says. Deuteronomy 22.4, Thou shalt not see thy neighbor's donkey or his ox fall down by the way and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt surely help him to lift them up again. So whether it's your enemy or it's your neighbor, and they could be one and the same, all right, stop and help. That's what a citizen of the kingdom does. Not citizens of this world. I mean, we've heard the stories. Somebody, bad accident, people just driving by. Or worse, stopping and stealing from the person who's in a trauma situation until the authorities get there. That's what the world does, not citizens of heaven. So remember that meeting the needs of others when you know of the need makes you like your God. It really does. Go back in the Sermon on the Mount. Go back to chapter 6. Notice verse 8. Be ye not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have uh, need of before ye even ask him. Look at verse 32, same chapter. For after all these things did the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. You know what those passages are telling us? Your Father in heaven is watching. And when he sees the need, he meets the need. Now sometimes he may delay in meeting the need because you have another need, a spiritual need. He's going to teach you to trust and be patient and wait. Those are needs too. But he doesn't look the other way. He meets the need. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. How many of you have ever had a need, God met the need, and then you discovered you had the need? I have. Oh, here's a need. Wait a minute. It's in the garage. Lord, thank you. That, that's our God. He's going to do the same thing for you so that you can help others. Next, meet the needs of others even when sacrifice is required. You want that treatment too. Yeah, it's going to cost them to stop and help you or, or do what is necessary to meet your needs, but you do that for others even when sacrifice is required. I'm going to give you some references, and we don't have time to look up these texts this morning, but Leviticus 19, 9 and 10. Leviticus 22, or 23, verse 22, and then Deuteronomy 24, 19. 
Those are all passages that required Israel that they not glean every corner of their field. Leave the corners. And if you drop sheaves or you drop grapes behind, leave them. Leave them for the poor, the fatherless, and the widows. Meet the needs of others even if sacrifice is required. It's okay. You can leave that to be a help to others. In fact, a good steward, I believe, of the kingdom actually even sets aside so that it's just there in case you learn of somebody else's need. Your stewardship ought to think that way. We don't spend everything that we get because we need to set aside just in case, Lord, you show us the need that someone else has. Say, well, that would require sacrifice. Exactly. And you would want that too if you had a serious need. So give to others what is just and fair. Meet the needs of others when you learn of their need. Meet the needs of others even when sacrifice is required. Fourth, be motivated by love and spiritual concern when meeting needs. Again, be motivated by love and spiritual concerns when meeting needs. You want that treatment too. Has anybody ever given you something and they, well, okay. Are you a pain? Well, that's a blessing. Which, by the way, is why God says, I love a cheerful giver. Don't put it in the plate and groan. Just keep it if you're going to have that attitude. But we need to be motivated by love and spiritual concern. You want that treatment too. Consider the primary text Jesus was referring to again. Leviticus 19.18 Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor, and he didn't stop there, just like you love you. Yeah, you do love you. That's why you look so nice this morning. And well fed too. Okay? Some of you spent time in front of the mirror putting all the pieces together. Why? You love you. Now love others like you love you. I am the Lord is what, what God says here. So the way you give becomes your own spiritual concern before God. Giving grudgingly or not giving to spite someone. Well, they weren't there when I had a need. The way they treated me, they don't deserve it. When's the last time you paused and considered that you should be thankful God doesn't treat you the way you deserve? In fact, his rain falls on the unjust too. Praise the Lord. Okay. Aren't you glad God continues to love and give when you fail? And again, we need to take heed to what Jesus has already taught. Go back to chapter 5. And let's be reminded, verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, 
And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of the Father which is in heaven. Do you see this? It's what it's all about. Yeah, you already are his children, but act like it. That's the point. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans, sinners, do the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be therefore complete, perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So when it comes to weightier matters like judging, forgiving, showing patience, respond the same way that you would want others to respond to you. None of us like it when somebody comes to us and they've already assumed our guilt. When you go to someone, ask questions to know what you're dealing with. Okay, that, That's treating others like you would want them to treat you. How about the matter of praying for others' needs? Through COVID, this has been magnified when we consider the physical needs and the extended needs of people that, that sometimes spend weeks in a hospital room on a respirator or in cancer treatments or whatever it may be, they get lonely, especially in a time when nobody could come and see them. Did you pray for them? Guarantee, if you were in that bed, you'd want people to be praying and sending notes and calling once in a while, hey, how are you doing? You'd want that too. So give it. Give it. Let me just say a word to our healthcare workers and our first responders. And this, this is something that's, again, been magnified during uh, the, really the past year and a half. We've all seen healthcare workers where it's a job to them. They clock in, they clock out. There's really very little tender, loving care. But let me just encourage you again. In the work that you do with those that you're ministering to, and sometimes they can be unthankful and complain, but in your calling, what God has called you to do, out of love, you minister to them just like they, you would want them to minister to you if the roles were reversed. Can I say this to you young people? And, and you're going to grow up to be adults and then older adults. You are going to end up caring for an elderly parent at some point in your journey. You just are. You be very careful how you respond to their needs now. You be thinking, if the roles were reversed, how would I want them to respond to me? And then meet the need. Go out of your way. Sacrifice, resources, time. Meet the need. 
And this ought to be what's on our mind governing what we do when it comes to others who are in need and are suffering. But what about those who perhaps you can see from their life or even, I reference this, smell from their life? They've got habits, they're wasting money. What about those individuals? Well, once again, you don't know everything from what you see. You don't know what kind of heartache, because they didn't know God, drove them to those other things. Basic needs, they need a roof over their head, they need food, okay? And here, here's what I've done to respond to folks. You know, Jesus loved, loved me and he's given me everything that I need and I, and I need to respond to you the same way in love. But I, I love your soul primarily. Try to give them the gospel. But then I'm going to give this to you. I don't, sometimes I don't give, well, most of the time I don't give cash because I don't know how that's going to get used. But I'll buy them a meal. I can put some gas in their tank. But I always do it in Jesus' name, and I'll remind them lovingly. Now, I'm giving this to you because I got it from God. If you take this and you waste it on something that offends God, that's on you. But this is in Jesus' name. And always remember the spiritual side, they can have all their needs met and go straight to hell when they die. It's about them knowing Christ. So introduce them to Jesus. And oh, by the way, consider that just maybe the Lord sent them across your path for this very reason. Now let's close. Back in seven, chapter 5 and verse 17, Jesus already stated that he came to fulfill the law by how he lived and by what he taught. Remember that whole passage, not one jot or one tittle. Okay, I came to fulfill all of that. He went on to say that not taking any part of his teaching seriously will cause a citizen of heaven to be small in the kingdom. However, practicing God's golden rule, along with the other teaching, is really the goal of all the law and the prophets. So practicing this teaching will make a believer complete here and great for the glory of God in the eternal kingdom. So let's take it seriously and let's continue or begin to do what the Lord has shown us. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this teaching. It is convicting. Lord, we can become callous to the needs that we see. And, and our flesh wants to assume the worst. If somebody has sinned, that they're reaping, that they deserve negative circumstances. And Lord, perhaps some of that is true, but that's God's business. And Lord, we should confront sin. We should encourage people to do what's right. But Father, we should also meet needs. And by doing so, evidence that we are citizens of your eternal kingdom. 
So Lord, I don't know how you have spoken to hearts this morning, but now is the time for us to respond decisively with whatever it is that you've spoken to our hearts about. So would you give us grace to agree with you right now and, and whatever you've spoken to us about to commit ourselves to obedience in that area. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.